0: Welcome to another episode of Global U Talks, where college-age entrepreneurs travel the world and interview experts in technology, entrepreneurship, and the kingdom way of life. Today, we have Alina Roby interviewing Lisa Black. Lisa is a writer, speaker, and an advocate for the vulnerable. Lisa and her husband, Gary, who we've had on the podcast before, spend the majority of their time mentoring and discipling young people through both the world race and And G42 Leadership Academy, which is a leadership school in the Spanish village of Mija, Spain, where they call home. Together, they have given their lives to building up a generation of leaders committed to relieving oppression and revealing the kingdom of God. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, Alina and Lisa, really get into, okay, we have COVID going on in the world. How is this going to change the church? How do we go through it? And then Lisa also gives a lot of advice to our students who are making that transition from the Global U classroom where they're surrounded by peers just like themselves back into the world and how do they make that transition transition well, especially as COVID is going on at the moment. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of wisdom Lisa is one of my favorite speakers. So without further ado, I give you Lisa Black.
1: Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay, you're in Mijas. You guys have been on lockdown since March, right? Yes. That's a long time. Can you just give us an update? What does life look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, it's we have been in total lockdown for six and a half weeks and we are not seeing anything changing until May 9th. And then we don't know what it's gonna be like. So we literally cannot leave our house except for to go to the grocery store. And if we go beyond the grocery store right by our house, it's a six six hundred, you know, euro fine. So and they're really enforcing that. They are enforcing it. So yeah, it's it's been rainy and cold, which has, has made me have to dig a little deeper. But when we first found out we were going in lockdown, we'd only been in um, class for two weeks. So we were mm-hmm. just getting to know our new class and they they have been amazing. We have three houses full of classes. I mean, really full. And they've not been able to leave at all except for to go you know, two doors down to the grocery store and only one at a time. And their attitudes have been superb. Okay. How many, how
2: many do you have of the new class? And then one right now. And that's with the new class and the the seniors. Yeah.
1: And we wow. have 12 staff. And so we're literally all on top of each other. But <laughs> the Lord just said to me that he's like, I'm doing a new thing and I need you to trust me. Mm-hmm. And so teaching, you know, from your home office is different because you yeah. can't connect with people you can't touch the people you can't you know but it's been amazing people are getting healed and set free and our teachers are showing up and and we're still discipling and mentoring and it's it's been great
2: how has since your new class that came in was only there for two weeks before you guys all kind of had to go your separate directions and living life in an enclosed home how are you setting culture within that class is it a lot of like the seniors helping out with that or how are they learning like the DNA of G42 without all being together?
1: That's an excellent question because that was my biggest concern. I was afraid that they weren't going to get the full experience because you guys were here, you know, I was going to mm-hmm. show you the med because it's beautiful today, but it, it, what we do here goes so far beyond teaching. We yeah. actually part, you know, and we we, we spend time together. We eat meals together and everything that's really our community happens around the table. So we have done that anyway. We have set up our Zoom calls like this and we've, you know, we have meals together. We've played games together. We've continued with all of our discipleship meetings. And we just aren't able to do it like we were before. But the, the DNA is coming through. It's coming through loud and clear. And I don't think it would be that way if the students hadn't chose to fully get the experience of this, even though it was different. So they had to grieve a little bit, which I'm sure, you know, Global U has experienced that. You guys got pulled off the field. And there's uh, there's a couple days there where you kind of got to switch your mind. and and. Yeah. Accept the fact that things are different now, but it's okay. It's, It's different, but it's still really, really good. And I think we have two choices at this time. We can either go really deep with our relationships, which I think maybe you guys have experienced that, you know, most of the phone calls that we have and everything are much longer and going much deeper because we have more time, we're not running around. You know, the conversations I'm having with my biological children, my um, son, who's 22 right now, it's the first time I've had a conversation with him in two years where he wasn't exhausted because he's had this kind of rest time to kind of regroup. And so we're able to go much deeper because we're not on this crazy schedule that we all we all flow in constantly without even thinking about it.
2: Yeah. So that is one thing that we have to choose during this time is choosing those relationships and how deep are we going to go in there and how intentional are we going to go since we can't see them face to face. What are some of the other things that you're seeing that your students and even yourself are having to choose during this time to actually be able to press into what the Lord's calling you into, to do your job, to be able to pour into these students? What are the things that you're choosing into and you're seeing your students have to choose into right now?
1: I think we're all choosing into a level of faith that no matter what is happening in our country or other countries, I think that we all have set up these ideas of self sustaining and we all depend on our paychecks and our jobs and life looking a certain way and we've done that for so many years that i have felt for years that america's in this place where something had to wake us up because we're almost like these zombies that just go through this process of life and we're always rushed we often don't slow down to look around us and see the people around us and you know, here every night at eight o'clock, the whole village comes out on their balconies and it started for like 10 minutes where we'd clap cause the, you know, the healthcare workers were changing their shifts, Yeah, but it's gone. Now it's now, it's like eight o'clock till 10 o'clock and people yeah. are dancing on their balconies and they're waving their flags and the police officers who generally have not been super friendly the whole time we've lived here, they're just kind of stoic, they're honking, they're getting out of their cars, they're singing happy birthday to villagers. And I see the way that the, the spirit of people is coming alive again. And I have neighbors here that have kind of really made, not made eye contact with me in five years. Now they're hanging out their balconies and we're smiling at each other and waving to each other and blowing each other kisses. And all of a sudden it's like, we've all been reduced to our humanity. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what color you are, what culture you are, where you grew up with, like all of a sudden we're all just all human. And I've heard a couple, you know, TV preachers say, don't get wrapped up in this unity of being human. If God's not in it, then it's not real and it's not good. If God's not in the, the the unity of being human, I don't know where he is. Yeah, We started as the human race and we end up as the human race. And I think that's what we're all coming back to. So for me, it's just looking up and kind of looking at my life and seeing how I was living it. And I was spending a lot of time going wide. I was spending a lot of time... Discipling this person for 15 minutes here, an hour here, whatever. And the Lord's like, I want you to zone in on the people that you have deeply connected with. And I want you to pour more time into them. And I want you to let these other things go. So I've reconnected with people that I have, you know, kind of just been talking to for years. Instead, now it's very focused discipleship, very focused mentoring and concentrated conversations. And I think our seniors have led that really well. They, they have, they got the experience of being here like you guys did and just being free and going to the beach and and traveling. And our new class has not had that experience, but our seniors have just kind of come around them and said, listen, what you're going to get here is going to transform your life if you go deep with it and you let it. And so you have an opportunity to do that. But I mean, we have to be honest, we have to grieve the things that we were looking forward to and the things that have changed in our life and accept the fact that that's different now before we can step into the fullness of what's next and that's okay. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, I love that because I do think even our students, global youth students, and I'm sure you're experiencing this, with the G4 G42 is that they're not even grieving like what changed about their program. We're also having to kind of grieve what's changing about our life moving forward. Plans that we had expectations we had set for this summer, for this year, for job choices, for, Uh, college, all the different things. Those are kind of changing for people around the world. I kind of want to get into how, so our students have a few weeks left here in Gainesville and then they're going to be going back to the communities. And like you said, there's been kind of this like reset or this change of perspective on um, humanity, on community, on the way that we look at our, our neighbors and maybe the people we wouldn't acknowledge before. What advice do you have for our students going back into those communities, knowing that there's kind of a shift, knowing that there's some change, but also having this culture that they've developed at Global U, this relationship with the Lord that they want to talk about? How do they bring that into this kind of new shifted perspective of humanity?
1: I think that your students would be dealing with this no matter what. I think even if we weren't dealing with this pandemic and even if there wasn't, you know, kind of a culture of fear, which we do have to realize that a lot of people are fearful right now. But the fact is your students have been on on the ground in all these different places. They've developed these relationships with people. Some of them they've gone very deep with and basically they've they've defor- they formed a tribe. And what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to carry that tribe with them, but they're not going to be able to carry everyone in the tribe with them. And this is a time to really kind of step back and look at the relationships that they've developed. And honestly, if, if they each leave with one relationship that's deep and real and possibly a lifelong covenant, that's gold. And if they can stay focused on that relationship to keep them connected to the bigger tribe, they'll be fine because we always want to go out two by two. It's when we get alone, we get isolated that it's, that is a little scary, but if they can really, instead of trying to, you know, FaceTime every single person that they've spent the last year of their life with every day, really kind of hone it into, we've got different layers of our community. And so what they've been living in community, but they're only going to be so many people that become your family. And I think I think that your students went from, you know, a community and then they formed into a tribe. And then within that tribe are their little mini families, basically, that have birthed. And some of them have, have become best friends and are doing business together and doing all those things. But they're all transformed. They've all seen things that they never saw before. They've all experienced a piece of God's heart that they never experienced before. They've all heard the whisper of Holy Spirit in a different way than they've ever probably been told or taught or even knew that it was speaking to them. That's what they have to carry, but they've got to carry that through their heart and through their spirit, not through a place of coming back and fixing things or coming back and trying to change people. The first thing they got to do is they got to come back and just love people really well. they've experienced a lot of forgiveness in their hearts and they've they've seen the world from a different perspective. And if they take that with them into their homes and into their communities and just love everyone really well, and then let conversations naturally happen, they'll be okay. If they go in like torpedoes and just blast everybody with what they've learned because they want everyone else to experience it, they're gonna overwhelm people and then people are probably gonna back away from them. So I say go in gentle as a lamb, and go into every room listening. Don't go into every room talking, come in low because you've had a different experience than the people that you're gonna go see and connect with. They're living a completely different life. They've not traveled like you are. They have not experienced the poverty that you have. They haven't had to learn all the things that they've done. They won't realize how transformed they are until they get back. And then they'll realize I'm actually a different person now because of this experience. But the way that we show that to people has to be gentle and kind and it's great that they're excited and they want to share what they've learned with everyone but they just have to be careful the way that they do it because people open up you know when you start listening people will open up and they'll start talking but if we go into every place that we go just preaching or or telling people they're going to shut down because it's just too overwhelming for people so they need to stay connected for sure to those those people that are understanding their language right now and understand what they've been through for sure
2: Okay, I've got one more question, and then we're going to open up to the students to ask some things. Um, Do you feel like people going back into these communities, these conversations that you're talking about, going and listening, do you think those people are going to be more or less receptive to hear about these experiences, to hear about what the Lord's doing around the world? Do you think they're more or less receptive to that because of the fear that's in the world, because of COVID, and just the changes that are happening in their own life and around the world?
1: I mean, it's these these students are a beacon of hope and they are set apart in their generation they're all leaders they all are hard workers they're all intelligent they're all well-spoken they are just naturally leaders and so people are naturally going to follow them so i think people want to hear what they have to say in their experiences as long as they're sensitive to what's changed because a lot of times people um, assume they know what we've been through or maybe they saw yeah. a lot of Instagram pictures and they're like, you guys just ate different kinds of food and experienced different stuff. Like, I've been stuck in my house. You don't even know, you know, you don't have any idea what's actually happening in this country. And so we just have to be sensitive to that. But I think absolutely that they're going to bring hope back to their, their whole generation is hope. Yeah. This, is the, this is the generation that's going to step into things that other generations have not had an opportunity to do. This is their time. This is a time to be an entrepreneur. This is a time to help people think differently. So I think a lot of the strategies that they've learned this past year are things that they can take into their communities and say, listen, all we have to do is think differently and ask different questions, but we absolutely are not just going to survive this. We're going to thrive in this time. They have that in them for sure. Yeah, that's so good.
2: I hope they feel inspired. I do.
1: Oh, good. Um, Jacob,
2: can we go ahead and bring in the class? And we can open up for some questions. I guess one question I do have is going into church. What is some advice that you have for us coming in more so on the aspect of having a heart of there is more and there is this version of church that I've experienced that I really want for you. But again, you said that coming in low and coming in, not, not wanting to change people, but having that heart for them at the same time. Just try to
1: remember your view of the world before certain things were revealed to you. You know, I mean, the way that most of us were brought up, that's all that we know. And so we have people in their 50s, 60s, 70s. That's all that they know that church looks like this. And they'll fight for it because it's become a part of their identity. So when we come against that, a lot of times we're coming against someone's actual identity and they take it very personally. You can you can share what you've experienced everywhere that you go. You can lead anything you want anywhere that you go. Church isn't necessarily the only vehicle for you to express what you've learned. Mm -hmm. Though I have my whole life, I've led things in my home. I've invited young women into my home and said, I've got tea and cookies. Let's, Let's talk. You know, it's just make it comfortable. Bring people your own age into your experience and just start opening the doors for that. But as far as, you know, big ministries that are functioning one way, you have an opportunity to judge them which we often do, or you have an opportunity to really love them and pray for them.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And I like to start everything with prayer. Seek first the kingdom. And if the Lord wants to bring change there, he's going to bring change there. And you might be the agent for that. But I would go in very humbly and spend a lot of time in prayer and ask when and how. Mm -hmm. Before you make any kind of moves, ask when and how. And if you do get an opportunity to stand up in front of your church and share your experience, go for it. And, and share what you experienced without putting down where they're at. Just this is my experience. This is something I learned. This is something I say a lot. I don't know how people can be offended by it. But the truth is, when I was in religion, I really thought everything was about right and wrong. And now I know everything's about life and death. Mm-hmm. And I know that the cross is all about love. It's, it's all about Jesus. And so very few people are offended by Jesus in a church. And if you stay focused on what he accomplished on the cross and what he's done in your life, no one can argue with that. That's yeah, really good. You. And be you be authentically you. Cause can't you tell when someone's trying to get you to think the way they're thinking?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And can't you tell when someone's just listening to you and actually cares about you as a human being, mm-hmm. who do you trust and who do you want to spend more time with? Thank you. You're welcome, babe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally just, dis- in the topic of like transitioning back home and how to like, I'm really just like soaking everything you're saying. So any more just things on that topic
1: are really helpful. Cause that's something I've been thinking a lot about, like even, you know, going from community tribe to
0: family and your husband's talked a lot about like covenant relationships and what that means, what that was like for the boys versus bringing the wives. in. I know those are not really questions, but they're just like conversations
1: that I've been in my head and different people. Yeah. So. Uh, let's, let's start with the word transition. I'm going to give you a word picture for that. So you guys are in transition right now. So those of you women who ever decide that you want to physically give birth to a child, when you go into labor, you're going to have some pain. Now, have any of you had any pain this last year? Yes. A little bit, right? You've had some growth pains and some things have been happening. So when a baby is fully formed and fully ready to be expelled into the world, the mother is going to feel intense pain and that's called transition. That's literally what they call it. Let me tell you, it's like someone squeezing your arm versus a a vice coming around your entire body and squeezing you. That's what transition feels like. But that's when the most movement happens Mm. is everything starts to squeeze. It's much more painful. It's very uncomfortable. And you have to change your body to get in a birth position because you're getting ready to give birth to a human being. That's exactly where you guys are right now. You are in the transition phase. So expect some pain, but know that the pain is actually bringing you something on the other side. So when you first re-engage with your families, you're gonna feel a little, when I first got back from Africa, I had three of my kids with me. Yes, three of my kids and Gary had three still in Africa. And my mother would just be talking to me, and I would just start crying. And she was like, you need to see a psychologist. There's something really wrong with you. And I didn't have anyone to talk to about this, this change. But I was overwhelmed with how much my life had changed. I was overwhelmed with the things that I'd seen that I hadn't really processed while we were on the field. And then I was overwhelmed with God's goodness. I was so in love with what he did in my life and my heart, but what manifested out of that was a lot of tears. And so I went for a lot of walks by myself and just cry because I had to grieve the fact that we left Africa, we left our friends, we left a bunch of orphans that were very dependent on us. Half my family was still there. I had to, it was a complete life shift like this, Like. You know, you're living out there, you're in the dirt, you're you're with orphans all day. And then all of a sudden I'm in this half a million dollar house in America with the mountains. And there's more food than I know what to do with and more people than I, I just didn't know what to do with it all. And there is a little bit of a culture shock. You guys have a, you've become like you become different people. What And you probably won't realize how much you've personally changed until you get around other people. So take the transition for what it is. Allow yourself the opportunity to grieve what you've lost because loss is not a bad thing. It's part of life, but you'll never be with this group of people again in this kind of life situation. And as much as a lot of things have driven you crazy and probably some people you can't get away, you know, wait to get away from, there's people you're going to miss. And whether you guys realize it or not, because you've developed your own tribe, you guys have your own language. You guys are going to have little jokes among yourself that I'm like, tell me what that's about. What's so funny about that? You know, there's little things you say, like, what's the one thing you guys always say? Make choices, right? You don't say make good choices. You just say make choices. Whenever I think of you guys, I always think that. But that's something sacred within this this tribe. And when you get home and your dad gets ready to leave for work and you say make choices, he's going to be like, wait, why are you talking to me like this? I don't, you're speaking a different language. So it's just accepting the fact that this is not going to be easy, but it is going to be good. And have grace for yourself in it. Like, I know that you guys are, are entrepreneurial and you want to hit the ground running. I promise you, you're going to run over everybody in your life if you don't take a minute to breathe and you don't take a minute to grieve, <laughs> and you don't take a minute to accept the goodbyes and accept that life is different. And just take your time. I know you think you're in a hurry. Trust me, you're going to have a long life on this earth and you're going to get to do all the things at some point, but you're not going to be able to do it in the first 12 hours you're home. <laughs> it just, it's just not going to happen.
2: I it's have precious, a question so. to about transition. Uh, I probably didn't do it the best when I came off my race. I like had the opposite effect. Instead of like talking about my experience, I totally uh, just like forgot it happened. How do you invite like the people I probably write it, like wrote off as ignorant for like, not knowing my experience. I know that's wrong of me uh, looking back on that, but how do I invite them to be like this family you're talking about?
1: Can I be really honest with you, sweetheart? Yes. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. Your mom might care. Yeah. <laughs> that's what moms do. But just accept right now, people really don't care. They're all yeah. going to ask questions. What country did you like the best? What food was the weirdest? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Most Americans, you know, don't have a passport. And mm-hmm. I don't know where y'all grew up but where I grew up. Everyone I went to high school with, their kids are now going to that high school. Yeah. So they're, they don't understand my life at all. And I don't need them to. Yeah. So if you, if you have brothers and sisters here or, you know, you've got the Carlsons, you've got Gary and I, you've got Seth, you've got all your leaders there. Those are the people you can open your heart to. Those are the people that you can explain, listen, this is, I'm struggling with this, or I'm seeing the world differently. And you're kind of going in as a foreigner again, even though it's, you know, your own community, your own country, your own neighborhood or whatever, you are different. There will be some people that will be intrigued and ask you questions, but most people really won't care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they won't really even understand what you did or what you went through the best way for you to transform people's lives is for them to see how you've been transformed yeah and that's going to be the way that you treat people it's going to be the way you talk to people it's going to be the forgiveness that you walk in it's going to be you know the best thing to do with other people is ask them questions about themselves because everyone loves to talk about themselves and so Understand now and accept now that most people are not going to ask you the right questions Mm -hmm. and they really don't care what your answers are. Mm -hmm. There's very few people that are going to care.
3: Oh, I actually have a quick one, I think. So I think obviously what brings communities like racing communities and like global you and all these things together in such a powerful way is the experience that we all go through together. So what does it look like? So what I want to do when I go back is I I want to be involved in house churches wherever I, wherever I am. So what does it look like to develop community without like such a crazy experience like this? Yeah. When you go back home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you
3: mean relating to people that haven't had the kind of experience that you have? Right. Because people just don't like, they just, I know that this is like sort of the, this is a variation of the same question, but what does it look like? Yeah. They ha- don't, they don't know, I guess like what it could be. And then also so much of what does bring us together is like the hard, the crazy hard things mm-hmm. that we go through. Like not cr- like they're super hard, but just like the different things that we go through because none of us, like, we just haven't experienced this and that's what brings us together. I think. Right. So are, so are you does saying it look like when you're all in the same boat and you all, you know, you're just living life in America and it's all familiar.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So are you saying that you want to start house churches or you want to just Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, if you're the one that starts it, you're the one that's going to lead it. And so you're going to set the tone for it. And so what is the tone that you want to bring? Like, what is it? Why do you want to start a house church? What What do you want to happen in that group of people? And then that's what you lead. Do you want it to be a place of healing? Do you want it to be a safe place for people? Do you want it to be a place where people that are lonely can be brought in? And then you set the tone for that you can bring you're going to deposit who you are wherever you go like the second you walk in the room people are going to be like this is a very interesting young man i want to hear what he has to say you have that presence about you so you're if you're leading something you get to decide how it looks and then people are going to be drawn to you based on that and so you're going to slowly build another little tribe but it's going to take some time
3: yeah right yeah
1: you guys are in a arranged marriage right now. Like you got told, this is where you are, this is where you're living with, deal with it. Now you have an opportunity to kind of spread that out and pick who you want to be around. I know you'd rather be together the rest of your lives, but it's probably not gonna work out that way. <laughs>
3: probably not. No, that's really good. Thank you.
2: Pelson, I have something I just really want to add to that real quick. Is uh-huh. that something that you said, and this was something I had to come to a realization on during my transition back from the race, was you said, you know, our experiences and the hardships that we went through really formed this community. Hardships aren't exclusive to trips like this and journeys like this. Anyone that you encounter in your community back home are going to go through their own unique hardships, and they probably have been this year. You're going to actually probably enter into a community that's in, that's experiencing more tangible hardships right now because of the job loss and all the changes that are happening. So, I guess my advice would be like, don't discount the hardships that have been happening um, here and the way that that brings people together also. Because yeah, I agree that like, you guys going through these things together brings you together in a very unique way. But having that empathy and being able to meet people where they're at in your communities there and recognizing that it's also hard in the journey that they're on will also bring people together in that way. And that's a really cool place to start is with that level of empathy and meeting people where they're at.
3: Yeah, thank you.
2: Okay, Lisa, I want to give you the last word. And then Raymer, can I have you pray for Lisa before we close?
1: I, yeah, just to to wrap up that last little bit that you said, Alina, that was really good, is that this is what I think is happening on the earth, is that we are all coming back to just the basics of humanity. And one thing, all humanity comes you know, in common with is we all go through pain. We all experience disappointment. We all experience grief. We all experience really exciting, beautiful times of our lives. And we can relate to each other on that level. And then everything else comes out of that. But God created us and put us on this earth as humans because he wanted us to have a human experience. We are ordinary humans who serve an extraordinary God who does extraordinary things through people. He chose to work through us. So you are an agent of the embodiment of Jesus Christ everywhere that you go. That's what flows out of you guys. That's your fragrance. That's who you are. So you should be able to relate to any human being anywhere on the earth. When you take it right back down to the very simplicity, if they've never traveled, if they've never lived in a group setting, if they've never wanted to be an entrepreneurial, you're all human beings. And I know you guys all have stories. And so listening to people's stories and sharing your own stories and especially your stories of what you've struggled with, but you've overcome, that's where your authority lies. So stay stay in your lane as far as like what you know. Don't try and carry someone else's story, carry your story and then minister to people out of that and out of the love and out of the, the brokenness and out of the vulnerability that you've experienced. That's where people are gonna be drawn to you. Be yourself.
2: Thank you, Lisa. Raymer, will you close us in prayer?
0: Yes. Okay. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for everyone gathered here on this call. I thank you that we have technology to bring us all together, even when distance separates us. And when we have things like the coronavirus that try to drive us apart, that we can still come together in your name. Lord, I thank you for Ms. Lisa and just the wisdom and the power that she carries and the way that she pours into us so well and the way that she loves us so well. And I pray that we would just receive that with open hearts, that we would really just absorb what you want to say to us about how we should enter back into our homes and into our old friendships and just love them well and just be able to show them your love that it is transformative and that there is something different there is something more and that it's an invitation and that we can just well and in Jesus name I pray amen amen, amen. thank you love you guys
1: reach out thank you.
0: To Thank you for listening to another episode of Global U Talks. If you enjoyed this episode, or think a friend might enjoy it, go ahead and share it with them. Also, be sure to drop a review or hit that like button on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite listening app. It goes a long way to help us out. And if you're interested in reading the transcript, head on over to globalu.org slash talks, where you'll find the transcript for every episode. So until next time, thank you for listening to this episode with Lisa Black.